five, four, three, two, one, and we're live. All right, y'all. Welcome to Outcome Reach, episode three podcast. Uh, today, we have a special guest with uh, me and Aria. Uh, we actually have another of our smart money educators, Michael Gardner. Uh, we're going to kind of introduce y'all to him today, kind of get his viewpoint, his uh, perspective, how we got into forecasts and everything. So, Aria, I'll let you do the talking right now. Uh, welcome, guys. Welcome back. This is now podcast episode three. Uh, we thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, me and Matt get really excited about this podcast, and we're, we're pretty excited today because uh, we, we do have another one of our instructors on, Mike. Uh, cool guy. I actually met him first before I met anybody uh, else in Outcome Reach. So we're going to let him introduce himself, and, and we're going to go from there. Mike? How you doing? Thanks for the introduction. Slight introduction. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, it's good to be here. I mean, you guys have been doing really great things on the podcast so far. Um, episode one was great. Episode two was very different, but great in its own right. Uh, so Wait, you said episode one was great? I don't hate. I mean, Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey, I was like, Jeffrey did that one. I, I thought it sucked. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I know, I know what I said. <laughs> You're coming out firing. I guess, damn. But uh, let's, yeah. let's like go ahead and, and get right into it, Mike. Um, like, like how did you kind of like start after, you know, like your – give us like your, your sort of pre-intro to like maybe like a month before Forex, like how you kind of got into it and, and, and you know, your, your kind of journey. Like I, I know me and Matt, you know, the viewers know that we went through IML um and some of the frustrations that we had but but tell us kind of like what your experience has been and up until now sure uh honestly pre forex i mean so i just recently graduated college last may i guess not so recent anymore damn it's been like nine months um time flies we can be yeah, old. Time does fly. i graduated high school nine years ago wow. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so I'm a recent college graduate. Uh, I've been working part time. And, you know, I mean, even throughout college, I've always been about, you know, working multiple jobs, just trying to, you know, earn money where I can not, not killing myself, you know, working crazy hours. But just, you know, being able to fill my free time with work was never something I would complain about because, you know, I'm saving up to hopefully live a comfortable life. Um, and one day my high school friend came to me talking about Forex and I was like, what the hell is that? And he was like, oh, you know, it's like, you know, it's like the stock market, but uh, it's much bigger. And I mean, the, the, the dude didn't really know a lot about what he was talking about, but he, you know, introduced me to IML and I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, this actually looks kind of cool. Like, let me look into this. So, you know, Fast forward, turns out Forex is the largest financial market in the world, yada, yada, yada. You guys already know that story. Um, but it definitely caught my interest. I think that trading in its own right is a very valuable skill, no matter what market you're trading on. Um, so I got right into it. I signed up for IML um, because that was all I knew. And I think the, oops, I think the most, frustrating thing for me um, was that I had the mindset to be a good trader. Like I wasn't, I was sticking to the quote unquote rules. I was, you know, 
uh, not over leveraging. I wasn't really blowing my accounts. It's just that strategies weren't really working for me. And I was trying strategy after strategy and I was getting so frustrated um, by not seeing, you know, the, the success that everyone else was apparently seeing on Instagram or in the groups, that, you know, in the group chats that I was in. Um, and that pretty much happened for months until I was eventually introduced to institutional trading. Um, and then, you know, soon after introduced to outcome reach and I've, I've been in it basically since the beginning and just helping it build. So like, so backtrack a little bit when you're in IML and you're kind of trading, like you're, you're a little bit different than a lot of other people. Like you're, you're, you're disciplined, you're disciplined and you're holding yourself to, you know, the standards of, you know, not over leveraging and, and not basically what I'm getting at is like treating it as a, as a get rich quick thing. Like you were trusting the process. So how did you feel about like the network marketing thing? Sure. So, uh, I, I tried it out. You know, I don't think that I had the right network, um, to really sell the platform on, you know, my friends either had full-time jobs coming out of college and they weren't interested in a side gig, um, or they just weren't interested in trading, you know, whatever it may be, uh, the networking part of it wasn't really working out, which is another reason why I was so focused on trading and just building the skill itself. Because if I couldn't get those, you know, residuals that everyone was talking about, well, then I'd have to earn money the, the other way, the real way. Um, through trading and you know kind of what you were touching on about me being disciplined I think that just comes from you know I mean I played tennis in college tennis is a one-on-one sport it's it's really a, a one versus yourself sport because you're out there on the court and it's just like the inner game if you get in your own head you're gonna lose the match if you can you know get rid of your ego and put aside all the inner chatter, then you're going to play your best tennis game. And I think I was able to bring that over to trading where I wasn't trying to rush into the money. I wasn't trying to, you know, get in my own head and stress over the charts every day. I was just trying to, I just looked at it as building a skill. Uh, and I think that really helped me, you know, guide me through the beginning months. So like, like that's, that's like really unique, right? Because like considering the day and age that we're in, like I think there's an immense amount of pressure, like even from a guy's perspective, not to be biased, but in today's sort of, you know, societal stigma of, you know, people, you know, flexing money on social media or like, you know, everyone at this certain age wants to have like, you know, the better job or drive the nicest car or like have a house by this age or like, so like, like you were not to say that you're like that, but you're approaching the market that way. Not like with a sense of urgency, like, oh, I need to make it today or I need to make this today. You're kind of approaching it like as a, a little slowly at your own pace. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I think I've just seen so many scams and so many people lose money from get rich quick things that I was able to come into it with a sense of like, okay, if anything real is going to come out of this, it's not going to take a day or two. Like to me, that, that thought that so many other people had just didn't make sense to me because at the end of the day, you're trading in a market. Like how are you about to make 
so much money when you're just starting off trading in a financial market where there are banks, where there are professionals, you know, where there are institutions that are working against you, you know, like how are you about to beat that system in a matter of days, weeks, or even really months? Um, I, you know, I, I try very hard to be a realist, which kind of sucks sometimes because being an optimist is so much better. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's happier that way. Um, but I think the way I was raised was to just, you know, try to see things at face value. Um, unfortunately, I wish I saw IML at face value a little sooner, but you know, here I am, I, I obviously found my way out and I found my way down the right path. Um, yeah. All right. So let me chime in real quick. So you think of the market more analytically than a lot of people do. Uh, you take a lot of emotion out. You take a lot of that greed and fear out, which granted it's natural human emotion, but you, because of your past experience as a tennis player, you're able to look at it more analytically and think a few steps ahead. And in all reality, that's the same way I am. Uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but I actually like playing pool or billiards for those who don't call it pool. Perfect. And it's a weird hobby of mine. Every time I go to a bar, Every time I go to some place and it has a pool table, I have this urgent need that I need to play on that table. It's, a, it's addicting for some reason. I just like the thought it's similar to chess. Whenever you're playing pool or whenever you're playing tennis or whenever you're playing some kind of sport that involves analytical next level thinking, you have to think several moves ahead of what the other player is doing, of what the odds against you are in order to actually really truly make the right, right moves. And if you make the wrong move, you're gonna, you're really gonna feel it. But if you think about it analytically and you think coming at it without emotions, those wrong moves don't hurt as bad. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And it's funny you said that because I love chess. I love trying to think of, you know, the three steps ahead. And the same is definitely true for tennis. Um, it, it has definitely helped. And I think that's why I was getting so frustrated with the strategies, with the uh, retail strategies that weren't working. I was like. I don't think it's me. I don't, I don't think it's my innate faults that I'm, you know, losing a little money here and there and that the strategy isn't working. Like I, like I'm following the guidelines to a T I'm not trading with emotion. So why aren't I seeing a return on investment? And I think that was like my biggest struggle um, starting up. It was, it was a lot of frustration coming from that. All right. So one more thing. Uh, we each like personally know several traders who are multimillionaires, six figure traders, seven figure, eight figure traders who trade support and resistance, trend lines, they trade zones, but it's successful for them. But the majority of people who do trade those, uh, patterns simply cannot succeed. And what I have pretty much come to realize is that each trading method is based on your psychological value. Drawdown, sir. Say what? Drawdown, sir. Drawdown. Pretty much. And like people can make millions scalping. They can sit at the chart for two, three, four hours at a time whenever the market's volatile and they can make their entire, like a normal person's yearly income in a matter of a day or two. Like they can make forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 in a day or two, but that's because their training psychology allows them to do so because they've been through the ringer and they can understand that. Whereas for us, we're comfortable where our psychology allows us to trade this method specifically because it minimizes risk as much as humanly possible. It maximizes your risk to reward ratio. Like minimum, we have like five to one, six to one ratios 
on stop loss to take profit entries. And because of the way like we were brought up our own experiences, it just happens to be that, yes, this is a great way to trade. Yes, you're understanding where the markets are going. You understand where the banks, these institutions are placing their orders. It's, it's bar none, it's simple. But because of our own experiences, it just pairs well with what we believe is best for us. Yeah, and it's, I mean, even what you said about, you know, the, the people who can sit on the charts for a few hours and make a whole ton of money in a day or two, I have a fascinating story about that. And it's actually a pretty quick one. Um, one of my most successful trading days, to this day probably, um, I made about $1,200 overnight. Uh, I, had, I had set a, a sell limit, I believe. I think it was on uh, EA. And I set a sell limit. I over leveraged because that's what... <laughs> No, no, that at the time, that's basically what my current mentor was telling me to do. Bro, like that's I was, awesome. I was doing everything by the book. I, I obviously put too much into it. And I, and I woke up with $1,200 in my account. And I had started with, I kid you not, $50. It was the craziest thing I've ever experienced in my life. I had wow. never made so much money in such a short amount of time. And can either of you guess what happened the very next day? He blew it all. He blew the entire account, bro. In two trades. Two trades. It took two trades for me to lose $1,200 because the trading method and the trading psychology that I was trying to follow at the time said to do that. Said to Wait, you didn't, withdraw, you didn't withdraw any of it? I did not. Oh, man. That's I was told, keep compounding the insane amounts that you're making. If you can turn 50 into 1,000, you can turn 1,000 into, you know, 50,000 or, you know, whatever I was being told at the time. And I fed into it. And that is, you know, that was a hard lesson for me to learn. What's no. sad, though, is that was it a marketing team? Uh, that was filthy, actually. <laughs> So, okay. So, unfortunately, the, I can guarantee you because it's happened to plenty of people is that you'll get rich quick. You'll make like 50 to 1200. And then that marketer will use that story to get more people into his. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's like, look, I got a, a student of mine made $50 and turned it to 1200 based on my strategies that I can teach you. You just have to pay blah, 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 blah. Franco, sir. They never tell them. They never tell them about the losses afterwards. <laughs> Ever. You know what's funny? Like I, I mean, like talking about like how Mike said he he likes chess. Like I, I figured Mike would be like a board game player. <laughs> I, I figured he would like like chess, checkers. He probably another fan favorite of Mike's is probably Life. <laughs> of course he, he of probably course. likes he probably likes monopoly but not like the og monopoly he likes like the new millennial monopoly with the credit card <laughs> machine oh yeah the the more complicated the better bro yes I'm, I'm honestly a fan favorite of uno like i i think uno is pretty fun Uno's not back in bro what poker is fun too like i i'm decent at poker like i'm, I'm not bad aria i'm actually genuinely surprised you don't play backgammon what no, I yeah. play I play badminton. Oh, <laughs> like, you've never seen your dad like just chilling out with another Persian dude, just uh, sipping on chai and a bot and playing backgammon. No, like it's, it's it's so like 
really quick, like Mike, you said you're huge into tennis. Like, did you play? Did you play singles or doubles? Or so both? in college, actually in college and in high school, I played both. Um, you know, I in college I was fortunate to have an amazing doubles partner uh, who I'm still very very close with uh, now that I'm out of college. Uh, but they're two completely different games. Um, as you can imagine, being out on the court by yourself and only relying on yourself has its pros and cons. Whereas being on the court with someone else and, you know, having to rely on them can seemingly have a lot of cons too. Like if they miss a shot, you're like, Oh, what the heck, man? Like, why'd you miss that shot? You just made us lose a point. Like that's all your fault. Um, But at the end of the day, it, teaches you a lot about accountability uh you know maybe you could have done something differently in that point that led up to him missing the shot or you know whatever it may be yeah Um, so they it was both you know they taught different lessons but at the end of the day they still taught lessons in their own right is there is there more substance or or more value in in maybe saying holding yourself more accountable or maybe not focusing too much on your losses and, and having a short memory. Short memory is one of the hardest lessons I had to learn. Uh, I would definitely say that has more weight. Um, I mean, you could say that for tennis, you could say that for chess. Like if you get your piece stolen or taken, you know, you don't just cry about that piece for the next five minutes. You, you change your strategy, uh, you know, and you, and you reanalyze the board same thing in tennis you lose a point or you lose a game even if you lose the whole first set you reanalyze um you know and you come back stronger my dad would make me go to the bathroom uh after I lost a set like if I lost a set he would make me go to the bathroom just so I could take a breather you know forget about what happened use use anything I can use to to learn and improve my next set uh but at the end of the day you forget the first one and happened you you have to move on Okay. Last question for the tennis topic. I watch professional tennis and like, I'm not too knowledgeable about it, but like when I hear the guys hit the ball with the racket and I I think maybe Roger Federer is like a, a particular one that does this, like when they hit it and a lot of tennis players do this, when they hit it, they're like, uh, uh, you would you be the that? one to bring up a tennis grunt. Are you going to ask me if I had a tennis grunt? Yeah, do you have a tennis grunt? I would say in the later parts of the matches, like if I got down to like the third set or, you know, I was really tired at the end of the match, then heck yeah. I, it, it's the same thing as exhaling when you do a rep in, in the gym. There we go. It's okay. The same, it's the same exact uh, concept. Well, let me, okay, let me ask you this. Is the grunt more indicative of, like, you really trying to force that ball? Like, or is it, is it just, like, your wrist hurting because you're, really you're really winging that racket? It oh, it's is. Psychological. It's entirely psychological. It's a yeah, state. it is. It yeah. is. I need all the strength I can get at this later part of the match or, you know, at this, at this you know, 50-ball rally. Like, I'm about to hit the 51st ball in this long point and I just you know you need as much psychological power as you can get yeah it's the same thing like if I'm squatting like 315 350 it's not I'm not grunting because the weight's heavy I mean granted it's heavy but I'm grunting because it's more of a psychological thing it's like this deep innate 
caveman feeling like if I make this guttural noise, I'll feel more powerful and I can get this weight up. Yeah, I mean, it, it is definitely proven that exhaling is, it, it helps physical activity. So that's not like a, you know, that's not a new concept or idea. Oh, well, I just, I just want to say for, for you, Matt, you know, I'm, I'm sure you make a ton of noises in the gym. So just remember, be, res- be respectful. Don't slam your weights and, and, you know, just treat others how you want to be treated in the gym. All right. Well, don't be a, don't, don't be a jerk. Okay. Well, like I said last time, I go to gym B. I don't go to gym A. I go to gym B where everyone is there for a specific reason and they're all helping each other out. And I'm usually the quietest one at my gym. <laughs> That's scary. That's scary. Did you, uh, how far did you guys make it in, in tennis? Like, did you guys make it to like any state college competition level? Like what are, what is like the, what is like the competitive, like, you know, journey in, in college tennis? Sure. Uh, basically it's so you start off you're in a league you're in a league that is uh regionally based so like northeast you know southeast whatever um so you first have to you know win your league or at least place you know top four in your league then you can uh so you you would play for your league uh you know some years we would not do so well in our league some years we did better in our league um but if you do good enough as an individual in singles or as a team in doubles, then you are invited to regionals. Uh, so regionals, I went every year I played, uh, mainly for- Nice, so your school didn't suck at tennis. Like, no, it, was, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad for the region, at least. I mean, you know, those Southern schools that get to play all year round, uh, I don't know, man, we don't, we don't really get that up North. Um, but we did well. I mean, it goes regionals. If you happen to win regionals, then you go to nationals. So that's kind of the, the hierarchy. Oh, wow. So we go straight into region and national. Hmm. Yeah. Well. All right. Let's talk, let's talk about something besides tennis for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We could, we could change it up. We could change it up. <laughs> this isn't the tennis podcast with Mike. Sorry, sir. Just <laughs> asking about his interests. <laughs> yeah, Matt. Jerk. I know you don't care. I, I mean, I, love, I actually enjoy tennis. Let's talk about lifting weights, okay? <laughs> that's all. That's guaranteed. Matt's favorite topics for guests. So, uh, you you work out? You know, you, you work out? <laughs> no, like I and then his and then his second favorite po- topic. So, uh, you know, you 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 cook? You you in the kitchen? You you <laughs> you meal prep, bro? Yeah, you count your macros, dog. Oh my God! Here we go. <laughs> no, for real. I actually enjoy like tennis and ping pong, like ping pong specifically is a really weird sport another like another weird hobby of mine that i really like dude forrest gump would wreck you in ping pong i know he would forrest gump would wreck anybody in ping pong right but uh you were saying you said something aside from tennis so uh like so i kind of want to know about like mike's backstory like i know he got into forex because of like you know it's just another thing of side income etc but, like, more about him as a person. Like, yeah, you went to college. Yeah, you have a full-time job now. Yeah, you're doing – who are you as a person? Aside Bas- from- Basically, what Mike's asking is he wants to know when you're – you know what's dropped. You mean what Matt's asking? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> guy, doesn't know, guy doesn't know who's talking, so I'm just going to wow. direct my attention to Matt. I'm sorry, sir. Um, no, nah, I mean, who I am as a person – uh, I kind of touched, a l- I, I mean, I started to talk about it earlier. I think I'm a realist. I think I, um, I'm very 
caring, but selectively. Uh, so the people that are close to me, the people that treat me the way, you know, I want to be treated and who I treat the way that I would like to be treated um, back. Those are the people I really care about. And, you know, kind of everyone else who, you know, maybe doesn't treat me with the same amount of caring that I treat others. Uh, I really don't have a care in the world for them. So, you know, I'll have half the people in my life saying I'm a very caring dude. And I'll have the other half saying I'm an asshole. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. Because the people who I care for and who care for me back, they are looking at the real me and the other people are, you know, looking at the person that I want them to see because they don't deserve you know, to see the whole person. And, and everyone, everyone does that with people. Well, are you uh, saying that outcome reach admins haven't uh, known you as a real person yet? I, I think, uh, I think you guys are starting to, I think you guys are starting to see <laughs> who I am. I, th- I, th- I think Mike is, is kind of like that friend in high school. That's like, you know, has a real sarcastic sense of humor, but he, uh, he, yeah, he, 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 like, he won't bullshit you. Like yeah. he's going to keep it real. He's going to be in your face about it, but you know, he's genuinely honest and, you know, really, really candid, you know, for sure. For sure. but so like if he's joking people. around, like he's, he's going to be really sarcastic about it. And like yeah. for somebody who probably doesn't know him, like they're going to be like, look at this asshole. But it's like, <laughs> if you really know him. Like, you know, like that's his sense of humor. Like Mike is probably a joy to take out like drinking, like to a bar. <laughs> Like, oh, like you'll have to find that out you'll have like he'd be out. a joy he'd probably be awesome like if we all went out drinking not like no shit so i think uh you and i aria both kind of messed up in introducing uh mike in a way uh this is something i like to talk touch on is that if you've ever been to outcomereach.com or futurely outcomereach.info mike is the guy who actually built and designed that website all by himself this is true yeah, yeah I, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, tech, you know, so I, I went to school for computer science. Um, even before that, I've always been interested in technology and how it works. Uh, so I definitely have a tech-based background. But I mean, even beyond that, I, you know, just because you have a tech-based background doesn't mean you can do this or that. Um, I think I've just always been driven to try new things and try to be good at everything that I try. I mean, it started with sports, you know, I wanted to I wanted to try every sport and I wanted to be the best at every sport. Um, and as I got older, it be, it turned into other things. You know, I, I started learning how to develop apps my sophomore year of college and I wanted to be, you know, the best app developer ever. And I started a company out of one of my apps. And then, you know, when I finally got introduced to Forex, I mean, I wanted to be the best trader ever. And that's, you know, still the mindset I have. And I think that that's something that, uh, you know, keeps moving me forward. I know he's, he's great. Like Mike, Mike is awesome. Like (laughs) I love Mike, except when he's being like a jerk. (laughs) Other than that, Mike's, Mike's great. Like he's an, he's an awesome guy. Like he has honestly, he honestly gives some of the best chart critiques ever. Like if you ask him like, Hey, what do you think about this? Uh, I think it's great, but (laughs) (laughs) insert issues here. But yeah, you have a hundred lines on your chart and sensory overload, sir. Dude, I would love to see Mike at like a high school debate. He'd probably <laughs> he'd like Mike would probably wreck somebody. He would wreck some people's feelings. And like, you know, again, like like Mike's because he's a nice guy, but like 
Like, no. if he's going at you, like, dude, imagine Mike on, like, a football field. Like, he, he could be your best friend, but he'd probably, like, chip block the hell out of you. <laughs> I'm serious. This is the exact same reason that he was talking about earlier. Like, he can come at you without emotion and analytically and actually think several steps ahead of you. So, if it is a debate, I'm going to be on Michael's side because I don't want to be on the other guy's side. Facts. But, Appreciate yeah, that. Mike's, Mike's, Mike's great. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have, uh, we got about five minutes left, but you know, we started at 30. So, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here, guys. Thank y'all so much for tuning into the outcome reach podcast. Uh, again, please give us a follow on our Instagram page. If you aren't following us already, it's at outcome reach, no spaces on Instagram. Of course, your two podcast posts, me being Sir Shaw, you can follow me on at Sir Shaw one on Instagram as well. And Matt, M-A-T-T-T-A-H-E-R-I, Matt Tahari. And, of course, Michael, you can plug your Instagram as well, buddy, because uh, your username is kind of long. So Honestly, it's it's too long. Just, you know, find me in Outcome Reach. You you join our Telegram. That'll be good enough. I don't need to follow on Instagram. I I need you in the Outcome Reach community. That's what I'm talking We are at 3.1 thousand followers. So we're growing, guys. Keep on coming in crazy you heard it from the man himself ladies and gentlemen again thank you guys for tuning in we hope to see you soon all right thank you